Amen. If you got your Bible, Genesis 35 and 1. Amen. Thankful for a full house of people. I'm thankful. We're so glad Sister Jelena came back from Canada. Amen. <laughs> I know Brother Michael C. He's glad today. Amen. It's not. There's a scripture I read one time. Maybe I read it a bunch of times. It said it's not good that man would be alone. Amen. Praise God. You know why? They didn't finish the scripture because they can't find his socks and don't know. <laughs> Don't know where he left anything, but that's probably because they organize everything. Hallelujah. I know where everything's at when it's a mess. Amen. When people start organizing, that's when I get lost. <laughs> Praise God. It's a little comic relief before I preach. Genesis 35 and 1, And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there. Everybody say, dwell there. Praise God. And make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau, thy brother. Amen. The Southwest Arkansas version would say, Amen. Go to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar to God that showed up when you was running from your big brother. That's what it says. Then Jacob said unto his household. Everybody say to his household. He didn't just think it. Amen. He said something to his household. And to all that were with him, put away the strange little G, the little gods that are among you, and be clean and change your garments. Well, you can't preach about garments. Oh, yeah, I can. And let us arise. And go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem, and they journeyed. Amen. You know what happens to you when you repent? Amen. The terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. Amen. I want to preach for just a little while from this title, an altar. Everybody say an altar in Bethel. Set your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord. Amen. I need some prayer warriors to help me right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. God, touch us in this house. Oh, we need to grow in you today. God, I need to hear your voice. Anoint us one more time. Amen. Our ears to hear what you would have us to have in this place today, God. That something would change in us, God. That there would be strength given. Come on, why don't you join up with somebody right now? Come on, don't, don't let anything distract you right now. Just pray for a moment. In the name of Jesus, God, help us in this place. Strengthen us in this place. Come on, I need somebody to cry out to Jesus right now. Oh, we need an anointing to destroy a yoke in this place. Hallelujah, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We 
We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now in a way of worship, put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I want to preach about an altar. Everybody say an altar. In Bethel. Everybody say in Bethel. Bethel simply means the house of God. Everybody say the house of God. Bethel means the house of God. In the Bible, when you have a name, you name somebody, you name a place, it always had meaning to it. Not like we just come up with names for our kids, whatever you want to call them. That's what we're going to call them. Well, in Bible days, words had more meaning to them. Amen. And this place was called Bethel, and the meaning was it was the house of God. And in the very first verse, God tells Jacob, go unto Bethel. God gives a direct order to Jacob, I want you to be in the house of God. Well, hallelujah, nothing like an order from the Lord. I want you to be in church this morning. I got a word for you to hear. You got to be in God's house. Well, come on, somebody praise God. Hey, God don't want you mowing your grass on Sunday morning. God don't want you changing your oil on Sunday morning. God wants you in his house. But they say this is the commandment. Everybody say it's a commandment. This is the New Testament commandment, Hebrews 10 and 24. Because some people say, well, that's the Old Testament. I got it front and back for you. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some people is. What he's saying is you don't skip church like some people do. Just because it ain't important to some people, don't you think like they think. You need to be in God's house. And he said, so much more as you see the day approaching. If you can't see the day approaching, you got vision problems. If you can't see that our world is messed up, You need to pray, God, give me some discernment. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, but he didn't just say, I want you to go there, Jacob. He said something else. I want you to dwell there. Well, hallelujah. Might get quiet before it gets loud. Who knows? He didn't just say, go to Bethel. He said, dwell there. What does dwell mean? It means put your roots down. It means get rid of your running shoes. You're always running. Well, they offended me. Somebody upset me. Somebody looked at me funny. I I think I'll just quit church. Uh, He said, I want you to go and I want you to dwell. Hallelujah. Amen. The house of God needs to be the place 
where we spend our time. The house of God is where we make memories. The house of God is where we get breakthroughs in the Holy Ghost. There were young people in this church Friday night at the altar call that were making memories that they will never forget. Hey, I'd rather make it here than out there somewhere. Well, I'd rather their memories make, hey, they had to carry me out on a Friday night. I couldn't even walk straight. They... Hallelujah. Somebody shout, the devil's a liar. The house of God needs to be where you raise your children. The house of God needs to be where you build your life around. Not a place you frequent every now and then. And at your leisure, you show up when you ain't got nothing else to do. This is need, needs to be where you raise your children. I thank God I had a mama that made me go to church if I didn't want to, if I wanted to. There never was a question. We just loaded up. It wasn't worth asking. You know what my memories are? Going to church. My memories are the choir singing. My memories are the preacher preaching. My memories are people running the aisles. My memories are people rolling on the floor, drunk in the Holy Ghost. Hey, I'm thankful for, I'm thankful I had parents that raised me in a church. Amen. Praise God. You know what they were doing? They were doing what the Bible said to do. Raise them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll still be there. He taught it. Who cares if they never learn how to play basketball? Who cares if they never learn how to play horseshoes? I want my children to know how to pray. I I want them to know how to touch God. I want them to fear the Lord. Amen. And I, I, I just, if you will do this. If you will do this. Your life will become so peaceful. It's the people that straddle the fence that are the most miserable people on the planet. Hey man, they know they ought to be in God's house. But something's pulling them the other way. They're the ones that use up all the resources of the church. Hallelujah. If we just... Make up our mind. I'm going to Bethel. I'm going to stay in Bethel. I'm going to live in Bethel. I'm going to raise my children in Bethel. I'm going to die in Bethel. I'm going to be raptured from Bethel. Hey man, if you can't find me, look in Bethel or look in heaven. I'm going to be in one of the two places. Hallelujah. But the church is like a gated community. Praise God. Amen. It's a gated community. Amen. Nobody's going to get in if they don't have the code. 
they don't use the code, if they don't follow the instructions. Amen. You, you can stress all you want, but the Bible is still true. Jesus said, except a man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You know what Jesus is saying? I'm going to have a gated community. You try to get in any other way, you're just a thief and a liar and you ain't getting in. Uh, you got to come in the door. Uh, I want to teach it. I want to preach it. Uh, I want to shout it. Uh, I want to proclaim it. Uh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, when you get in, when you get in, there's so much peace and safety inside. Amen. Bethel is the best life. Praise God. Bethel is the best life. The house of God is the best life. Living for Jesus is the best life. Young people, listen to me. There's nothing in the world that will satisfy you. The eye will never be satisfied. The flesh will never be satisfied. Amen. The only place you can say, ah, oh, I have arrived is when you get down to Bethel and you lift up your hands and you lift up your voice and you lift up your heart and you begin to cry unto your maker. Amen. And you feel him reach back down to where you're at. The greatest feeling in the world. The Holy Ghost comes upon you. Begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Amen. Praise God. Somebody got them a good touch the other day. I don't remember who it was. Getting old, can't remember who I said to what. So anyway, you can feel safe telling me anything you want because I won't remember who said it. Your secret's safe with me. I said, who said? I can't even remember but I told somebody they got a good touch and I told them, you know, you ought to do that every day. You wouldn't walk in stressed out if you just do that every day. You ain't got to have 15 people around you shaking. You can do it all by yourself. Just make up your mind, I'm going to touch God. God tells Jacob, go to Bethel. And then he tells him, I want you to make an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau, thy brother. Amen. You know what God was saying? You already been here one time. You already ran there one time when you was in trouble. When you was running from your brother Esau and he was going to kill you. You ran to church. You stumbled into a certain place. Ain't it amazing people that you can't get to come to church when Esau gets after them? Yeah. Well, amen. You, God's got Esau's everywhere. It's a lot easier to just jump up and go to church. Amen. I, I don't have to have Esau chasing me. Praise God. God said, I want you to go back. Everybody say, go back. Go back to where you was the time you got in trouble. Amen. When you got in trouble before, remember that great feeling that you had when you went to that altar? 
Just go back to the same altar. Praise God. First time he's running from Esau, he may not know nothing about this place, but the Bible said he, he, he falls upon a certain place and he had a dream. Behold, a ladder was set upon the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed. Can you imagine what you would do if you had a dream? And there was a ladder. And there was angels. That would be good enough for me. Going up and down. You know what they were doing? They were answering prayers. They weren't doing cardio. They weren't at the gym. They were going up and down answering prayers that God told go fix that. Did you just hear that? Somebody prayed, bring my brother to church. Go get him. But it wasn't just angels because he looked and at the top of the ladder there was God. And God started speaking to him saying, I was your grandpa's God. I was your daddy's God. I'm going to be your God. I blessed them. I gave them land. I'm going to give you land. I'm going to give you a testimony. Well, I feel so much Jesus in this place right now. He said, I'm going to give it to you and to your seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. That's a lot. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all of the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee. Man, this is a good, he's having a good experience at church, wouldn't you say? He's getting the whole thing. Behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't even know it. He said, I knew it not. And the Bible said, and he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? That don't mean bad dreadful like you would say. That means, wow. Is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Let me tell you, when Jacob went to church that day, his life was forever changed. You know what? Every time you walk through the doors, you ought to expect your life to change. You want to sit like a knot on a log? You... But when I walk through the doors, I want something from God. I want to hear him say, I'm with you. I want to hear him say, I'm going to bless you. Man, things began to change in Jacob's life from one experience in God's house. Man, things roll on. He gets busy with life and he gets carried with time just like everybody does. 
Amen. Don't, don't get so busy that God's house ain't your priority anymore. Hallelujah. He carried on with his life, and now he has, a few years later, he's got 12 sons by, and a daughter by four different women. Poor Jacob. I can tell you his life's going to be a mess. He's got flocks and herds. He's blessed in this world. But then he has trouble. Amen. He don't, he don't keep the hedge around his family like he ought to. He allows his daughter to go hang out with some people she shouldn't be hanging out with. Well, hallelujah. I still believe the Bible. It says don't become unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Why does the Bible say that? Can I just draw a picture for you? Get a double, a double yoke. One side is on a 2,500 pound oxen. And the other side of the yoke is on a 600 pound donkey. Praise God. Let me tell you which way they're going to go. This Bible is so simple if you'll just think about it. Why would you not become unequally yoked together with unbeliever? Because they're going to pull you their way. You're going to end up in the ditch. That. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I tell these young people, find find you a wife at the altar. Find one jumping up and down and praying. Praise the Lord. In the Bible, when Benjamin, they went through a bad time. and all the I don't know what all happened. A bunch of them died. And they felt sorry for them. <laughs> they said, well, just stand there. And when the, when the women of Israel come out to dance, just grab one. <laughs> Praise God. I told somebody, just wait till they start shouting. That's the one to grab. <laughs> I think that's pretty good advice right there. I would say, uh, don't look for one in the foyer, but we got some good people in the foyer today. There wasn't no seats in here, but amen. Praise God. I love the house of God. I said I love the house of God. The house of God is where I got a hook put in me. The house of God is where the best memories of my life are. Out in the world is where the worst memories of my life are. Out there is where all my regrets are. Right here is where all my joy is. Could I get any other honest people to say, yeah, that's how I feel too. Yeah, that's the truth. Y'all young people, y'all, you looking at them? All the regrets are out there. All the happy stuff is right here. All the joy is right here. Hallelujah. Hey man, I, I gotta, I gotta preach. Dinah gets in trouble. Her brothers getting mad. This is how brothers are. If you mess with my sister, I'm gonna hurt you. And 
and they hurt some people and they deceive them and then hurt them and kill them. And now Jacob, his life is in chaos again. Chaos. He's just a little family. Just a few people. Now all the nations around them know what they did wrong. Those two boys messed up, killed a bunch of people. You could say it was righteous indignation. I, I would say it was uh, probably a lot more than that. It was a bunch of hatred and anger. So Jacob is in chaos now. And this is what happens when you frequent Bethel, but then you go live your life. This is what happens when you stumble upon a certain place and you get a great blessing, but then you go, go ahead and go live your life and run away from. This time God says, remember when you were running from Esau? Remember the place where you found peace? Remember that place? Go back. He was saying, go back to God's house. Go back to God's house when I rescued you the first time. He was saying, he was saying it's not in the world, Jacob. It's not in getting more goats and sheep where you're going to get joy. Amen. It's not in uh, uh, cheating your, your father-in-law. It's not in doing things unfair. It's not in becoming wealthy. That's not good. That's not going to keep trouble from coming to you. Amen. But remember where you were at, Jacob, when you thought you were about to die. It was the house of God. Jacob, go back to the house of God and dwell there. Build your life around that place. Anchor yourself to that place. I'm trying to get somebody off the roller coaster of life. There's people should have been in this building this morning. You know what I believe? I believe you're accountable for what you heard and what you didn't hear. I believe you're accountable for where you should have been. Praise God. Some big eyes in this place. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. It's amazing how people forget what God done for them. Amen. How God spared them. Praise God. All you got to do is just touch the same God. Reach for the same God. Don't, don't get mad that trouble comes. And don't get mad about trials. And don't flip a lid and get in trouble with God even more. Don't let your temper get out of hand. Amen. This is simple. Just get back to the altar. Get back to the place where God touched you. Uh, it's amazing that we get so sophisticated that we know better than God does. Amen. The God that spared our life, all of a sudden we get smarter than He is. Run into trouble and then we 
Well, we got money now, so we're going we're gonna to buy our way out of trouble. Well, you, you, you can pay all you want. But if God's ready to get your attention, he'll, he'll do it till you're out of money. Till you've tried every physician. Till you, when God wants to get your attention, there ain't nothing in that world going to fix you except a trip to Bethel. Hey man, uh, hey, I, I just want to save people a few dollars uh, and a few heartaches uh, and a few sleepless nights uh, and, and a few trips to the psychologist uh, and go ahead and tell you, it ain't going to get better until God gets it better. Uh, when you Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Man, I got to hurry up and preach. He said, and this time, I don't want you to just hang out and leave. But I want you to dwell there. Praise God. Don't use Bethel for a temporary get out of jail free card. Is what he was saying. But I want you to use Bethel as a place you can anchor to. And he said, I want you to build an altar in Bethel. Everybody say an altar. An altar is simply a place of sacrifice. If you want the Bethel experience to last, build an altar. Well, praise God. If you want to be here for the long haul, build an altar. I, I didn't think you'd buy run, but you come to God, it's God, I need you to do something for me. And he always does because he's merciful. But God said, you build an altar for me. Come on, I want to take some people to a new level. I want to get you off the bottle and get you eating some Hawaiian delight baby food at least. Amen, it ain't all about God. What can you do for me, huh? There ought to be a point in your life where you say, God, you can trust me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Come on, church, it's time for some people to arise and say, hey, I'm here to do what God wants me to do. Hallelujah. Well, if you'll build me an altar, I'll lean on it. If you'll build me an altar, I'll pray on it. God said, you build it. You do it. You create in your own life a place of sacrifice. I'm trying to help somebody. You do it in honor of God. Why do you dress like you do? 
Because I'm honoring God. Why did you change your vocabulary when you came to church? Because I'm honoring God. Why do you pray for those that despitefully use you? Because I'm honoring God. How do you remain calm when people talk about you? Because I'm honoring God. I built an altar. An altar is where you put your flesh. That's why nobody wants an altar. That's why nobody wants to pray. That's why the flesh has a thousand excuses when it's time to pray. The flesh has a thousand excuses when it's Sunday morning. Oh, my back hurts. I'm almost 50 now. Do y'all feel sorry for me? 49. Praise God. Yeah, I'm hurting too. Yeah, just take your ibuprofen and say, bless God, I'm going to his house one more time. I'd rather hurt with Jesus. Who knows, you might get a healing if you got up out of the chair and went on to the house of God where the healer's at. Well, I'm just, I'm hurting too bad. (laughs) Praise God. They get their crutches and go on through Walmart. Well, I could get COVID down there. Them people, they sit so close together. And they'll fight their way through lows. Excuse me, sir, I need that. It's all. Got to change what Bethel is to you. We got to change what Bethel means to you. It ain't just a fill-up place. Thank God we do get filled up. But it's a place where God, I can count on him, I can count on him, I can count on her. That's my people. They're going to pray. Hallelujah. He said, build an altar. They say build an altar. Oh, Jesus. Here he goes preaching about altars. An altar is where you put your desires. An altar is where you put your habits. An altar is where you put your future. And you give it to God. An altar is where you make consecrations. An altar is where you pray to God, not my will. (laughs) 
Not my will, but thy will be done. God didn't mean for Bethel to be a place where people pass through and get a little, whoo, I felt Jesus in there. I'm glad you felt it. Uh, Now get something in your hand. Get a hammer. Get you some wood. Uh, Start building on something. Uh, Build something you can put your family on. I'm glad Jesus had an altar. I'm glad the man Jesus didn't do what his flesh wanted him to do. Because he would have said, let this cup pass. Just like some people, when the preacher's walking down the aisle, (laughs) let him pass. (laughs) What you ought to do is say, nevertheless. If I need to be prayed for, pray for me. Hey, if I need to get, I need a Holy Ghost breakthrough, bless God. I want it. I want to change. I don't want to stay what I am. I wish somebody just praised God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The altar's where you do soul searching. Hallelujah. The altar's where you pray and you look down deep in your heart. Amen. If I got jealousy in me, God, take it out. I got bitterness in me, God, take it out. God, get rid of the works of the flesh in my spirit. Well, I don't think. Well, I pray it every day. I, I, I say it every day, God, if there's anything in my heart that ain't right, I want it out. I. I'd hate to preach to others and me be lost because I got a bad attitude. God, search me. Cleanse me. Purify me. Say it every day. God, wash me with your blood. I get on the altar every day. The altar was a place where the divine and the human world interacting the place where they connected with God it was a place of exchange I'm putting this on the altar in exchange for what I've done I'm putting this bullock or this turtle dove or whatever the case would have been I'm I'm making exchange with you God It's where communication was made. It wasn't something that man came up with. An altar was not man's idea. It was God's idea. Amen. It was man's idea to get rid of the altar. But it was God's idea to build the altar. Amen. But I I just... I want to be real honest with you. Uh, amen. We live in a world where they took the altar out. 
Amen. Where they don't want it. Altars are bloody. Altars are gruesome. Amen. It's sometimes not a beautiful situation when people are getting on an altar. Amen. Praise God. Don't worry about what you look like. We don't want model saints. We want people that are willing to make an exchange with God. I give you my life, God. But as gruesome as they were, maybe you could say as hard as even they are, when somebody truly repents, it's beautiful to me, but... uh, To the world, it would be something very gruesome, almost troubling to watch somebody truly repent of their sins. Amen. It's grimacing sometimes when you got to get rid of things that's had a hold of you your whole life. Boy, I feel like preaching. It's not a beautiful sight, amen, when people are getting rid of bitterness that was put into them when they were a little girl. It distorts their face sometimes. Amen, the world would say, ooh, that's gruesome, but it is designed by God. Build an altar. Build an altar. Build an altar. I'll tell you why. Why you want an altar? It's because God responds to the activity at an altar. You can do charismatic fake church if you want to. You can bring your smoke machines and your light machines and say, boy, wasn't that amazing? It's not amazing to me. What's amazing to me is when God moves. When God responds. You know what brings response? Something real on an altar. You know why the fire fell upon Abel's sacrifice? Because he built a real altar and he put what God wanted on the altar. Come on, church. You want a response from God? Get the altar right. On Mount Carmel, when there was a showdown between the prophets of Baal and Elijah, you know what Elijah does? He sets up an altar. When you need God to show up, get an altar. If he don't show up, I'm going to die. If he don't show up, this is my last day on earth. But I know if I feel one, he's going to show up. Lift your hands to the Lord together. Come on, prayer warriors, for a few moments. Help me pray right now. 
Come on, help me pray. first thing he did was he built an altar you know what God responded again it was a sweet aroma in the nostrils of God the world thinks this is ugly but to God he smelt it You know what he did? He started giving promises. Never again will I destroy this earth with water. But I'm going to put a bow in the clouds. The rainbow don't belong to the world. The rainbow belongs to God. It's our promise. It's ours. It was a promise. It was a response from God of a man building an altar. This is what Jacob does. This is his response to the command. Then Jacob said unto his household. Everybody say his household. And to all that were with him. Put away the strange gods that are among you. And be clean. And change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel. And I, this was daddy. Talking about power. When daddy says, I will build an altar. I'm telling you, Pentecost has been way too long with mama building the altars. Mamas are scared to say amen. Dads are scared to say amen. Don't worry. I prayed all day. Amen. Daddy said, I'm going to build an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress. And was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand. I just can't get my kids to quit doing something. I just can't get them to do right. Why don't you build an altar? I got a feeling they might have heard a story about their grandpa Abraham that built a, an altar one time and took his own boy, <laughs> bound him up and put him on that altar. 
crazy. And when grandson said, I'm going to build an altar now. Hey, we could change generations by getting obedient to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord together. Let's praise Him. I'm really, really, really super close to being done. Jacob, the man began to build an altar and the family started lining up. Praise God. They gave unto him all their strange gods. Amen. What is a strange God? Amen. What it meant was anything different than the God they should have been serving. You know, if I could make it applicable to the world we're living in right now, people make gods out of all kinds of stuff. Praise God. There's people make gods out of their uh, jobs. They say, well, I don't. Well, if you do it instead of come to church, you did. Some people make their lazy boy recliner into a god. Praise God. Ain't it wonderful? Praise God. Oh, this feels good. It was so good. I, I think I'll just wait till Wednesday to go. Ain't it pretty? Some people make gods out of their own children. Oh, Jesus. Some people make gods out of uh, people that know how to sing. I went to preach in Nashville two weeks ago. And some woman singer was at Nissan Stadium football field. Three nights in a row, 65,000 people filled up. I couldn't even get a hotel room because they were $1,000. The, the average ticket to hear this woman sing was 500 and something dollars. And you tell me that's not a God? You drove from who knows where. Matter of fact, one person paid a million dollars was the most expensive ticket. Maybe she petted them on the head or something. Somebody showed me a picture of her, and I didn't even know who she was. If I seen her at Dollar General, I would have gave her a church card. I thought I knew who she was, but I guess I was thinking of somebody else. I'm just not a very good country music fan anymore. I threw Waylon and Willie, not these. This is a good Waylon and Willie up here. Praise God. Wake up, Waylon. I threw the old Waylon and Willie out the window. Praise God. Why? Because I built an altar for my family. Praise God. I threw my habits out the window. I threw my old life out the window.
How do you think it works? Did you do better when you were out there? When you were figuring out how to do it by yourself, was it better? No! Praise God. Amen. Why don't you just remain standing high? Praise God. I was reminded of a scripture this morning. I've got so many things to say. Praise God. But you couldn't bear them at this moment. Praise God. Tell you the greatest day of your life will be the day you get off of the what can the church do for me mentality. And the running and running and running and running until you're out of your mind and come back. Touch me, God. When you get rid of that life and say, I've come back to Bethel. I'm going to dwell here now. My children need me to dwell here. My children need me to build an altar. My family that's lost out there, they'll never be saved if I don't ever build an altar in Bethel. Part of going back, he knew it. He knew it. When God said, go back to his house. Listen to me, children, he said. Give me everything else you're worshiping. Because it ain't going to work where we're going. Give me all your earrings. We're not trying to look like the world. We're going back to God's house. We're going to do this. We're going to do it right. Give me everything that's not of God. Let's leave it and check them. Let's go back to God's house. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Somebody needs to put your roots down. I rebuke every devil in hell that would try to pull people. Come on, church, help me pray. It's a spirit from hell that pulls people. It's a demonic spirit that tries to pull you out of church. He wants you to burn in hell with him forever. As for me and my house, we're going to build an altar. We're going to do it God's way. Come on, the blessings will flow if you'll do it God's way.
Come on, could I get my Jacobs? Come on, daddies. Come on, daddies, take a step. Oh, come on, mamas, if they ain't going to do it, you do it. Somebody's got to build it. Oh, 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 oh. 